Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that has played the victim more times than Taylor Swift Brought to you by the Armageddon Dildos, with their new, well, reissue of a 2011 album, Untergrund. Brought to you by Stick Around Records. Wow, we've got our own record label now, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been working on it in my uh, new attic studio. Um, Um, Quite hard to fit the entire Armageddon Dildos band in there, but uh, we had a good time. Uh, let's, let's just say that. I'm, I'm going to say I feel a bit put out, Clive. As Stick Around's business manager, you, you know, I feel you've overstepped me there. You've, bit, you've overreached yourself. I just figured you'd, you know, I figured our relationship was that where I could just do what I want and you'd agree with it. I mean, you'd, you know, I figured you'd let me the freedom of not even having to ask you. You know, that's the kind of business we're running. Especially since Clive is a music expert. I mean, Clive, you you are not assistant business manager. You are assistant to the business manager. You know, <laughs> you know. Let, let's okay. let's get that distinction down. Uh, how was everyone? So you anyway? don't approve of Armageddon dildos? Oh no, I approve of the band, but you know, right? I'm sure I'd have got so. us a better deal. I mean, did we get any what about dildos? The concept? Um, did I get? No, they were actually there was a disappointing lack of dildos in the sessions. Um, right, which so, is the so, only reason I really signed <laughs> them up. But so, so how how were we paid? And don't tell me actual uh, money because that's got no value nowadays. <laughs> Um, I was paid in, I'm not even sure, well, they gave me sort of, you know, 500 copies of their previous, uh, well, their, their debut album, Morgan Grauen, which I don't Gosh. know if we're going to be able to flog them for anything, to be honest, but... What does that mean? Um, I don't, it's a morning grey, I think, but... Morning glory, morning. maybe? Grey morning. <laughs> it's not as impressive as the band name. It's not as impressive no. as the band name. No. I was expecting every album to have a sex toy name. Another reason I signed them up, but... <laughs> You know, maybe their their new one will, as you know, as as we're now recording them, maybe we'll have some input on the mm. album names. Obviously, did we get uh, under contract? Or? <laughs> yeah, um, we didn't really sign a contract, so uh-huh. we did. We just cut our hands and did a handshake. If we thought ahead, <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm th- well. I'm thinking apocalypse butt plug for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna pitch it. That's a given. Uh, right, anyway, yeah, I mean it's better than this, which just means underground. Glory. <laughs> Anyway, you are here for Stick Around Music, not that you can tell from that. Uh, we're here with music experts, Michael Johnson. What up? Clive Fisher. Oh, hi, hi. There's a Clive Cable there, that would have been a weird one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> James Cable. Hey there. We've just sort of amalgamated into one person. <laughs> what a strange person it would be. Right, um, you might... <laughs> eager, eager, I was going to say eager-eyed listeners, but, you know, eager... Hearing listeners will notice you're not hearing seagulls this time uh, because we're recording later on. Although I do have a seagull update uh, for you. Uh, oh, sweet. And did you find out about the nest? No, uh, no, we didn't find out about the nest. But However, uh. there was a local news story. Um, a seagull, a very large and bold seagull, um, managed to walk its way into a Greg's, steal a packet of crisps, open them and start eating them before um, a Greg's <laughs> staff member could claim them back. on. Yeah, these are. Oh, didn't Greg's have a security guard to do it? That would have been hilarious. <laughs> well, I think you know everybody's thinking the threat's coming from North Korea or Russia, but 
The, the threat is closer to home. It's big, it's white, and it loves chips. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, it's big, it's white, and it loves chips. You know, applies to Boris Johnson as well. Um, among, <laughs> among other places. He's just less stealthy. Just less stealthy, yeah. Right. Um, that would be another good name for the next Armageddon Dildos album. What, Boris Johnson loves <laughs> chips? <laughs> well, that would work, although I was thinking it's big, it's white, etc. But either or, <laughs> either or. Right. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, um, let's go to the metal expert who hadn't heard of Armageddon Dildos. Not sure he's uh, going to talk about metal. No, I've got no, I've got no metal lined up. So thanks for that introduction. <laughs> no problem. What have, what have you got for us instead? Well, first I'm going to talk um, about two briefly for each one about two folk albums that came out this year. Um, not a genre that I listen to loads of music from, but there's been two pretty stellar releases in the last few months, uh, as far as I'm concerned. First is. More obscure release, I would say. Um, Peasant by the Newcastle upon Tyne songwriter Richard Dawson. Mm. Um, I've heard about this, but I didn't know he's from Newcastle. Yep, yeah, he certainly is. Um, I think I'm not familiar with any of his previous work, but I think this feels the most like an artistic statement, like a proper album from what I've read about. Um, it consists of eleven tracks. A couple of them, a couple of them are shorter instrumentals. The others are um, very well sculpted, very well written folk style songs. Um, a lot of tight finger picking, nylon guitar, but also a bit of harp, even a bit of synth in one particular place. Um, quite jarring, not really woven into the composition, but it's there. So, um, and the the songs are well, they're basically set uh, in a medi- medieval setting. So, they're they're set in a fictional, well, it's it's semi-fictional um, era where the Romans had just left Britain, and the songs are all all set in the region between Scotland and the Tyne, um, and they involve a host of different characters in a Canterbury Tales style setup. Um, very literary aspirations in terms of the lyrics, I would say. There's some real storytelling going on. If you sit and listen to the lyrics, then it really adds an extra thrill to the album, as well as the uh, the musical side of it. Uh, especially the closing track, Masseuse, which is um, quite an epic that I won't spoil, but very interesting from a lyrical point of view, um, which is always good. Uh, musically, the tracks are, I would say, perhaps they're certainly not instant, um, but classical folk style, some very memorable um, riffs in there. Um, vocally, there's a lot of group choruses going on, which is quite unusual uh, for contemporary music, I would say. There's some Middle Eastern influence to the style of music. Apparently that's a big influence on Dawson's music. Um, and the whole thing's pretty madcap, I have to say. Some of the lyrics, um, if you're only listening casually, will jump out as quite bizarre. Uh, it's quite a strange album, I would say most people would find it quite strange anyway, but I'd say it's probably one of the best releases I've heard so far this year uh, completely singular um, Dawson said himself that he didn't want to make a Game of Thrones style album um, so this isn't, a, lyrically this isn't um, you know, that sort of thing, it's not a fantasy album as such I always think it's interesting that fan, music seems to be the one art form where fantasy hasn't gone massive 
in the era of Lord of the, <laughs> Lord of the Rings and um, Game of Thrones because there are a lot of folk, um, especially folk metal bands that sort of fall into that realm. Um, Blind Guardian would be one of the ones that I think of um, mostly, mm. although they're often classified more as power metal. But Primordial, or uh, the Irish folk metal band, are one. I've been wondering for years why HBO haven't soundtracked any of their Game of Thrones trailers with a Primordial song, because it would be perfect. Um, they've got one more chance to do do it. Hopefully they do. Doubt it, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this isn't this isn't that. It's more, it's, it's very much um, classic, uh, rich storytelling in a folk, in an unusual, but still a folk uh, surrounding. So it's a very interesting album. One of the best of the year, I would say, so well worth checking out. Um, the other folk album I'm just going to mention briefly is the new Fleet Foxes album, Crack Up. Um, an album that's been, well, six years in the making since their last album. Um, Robin Pecknold, who is basically the front man of Fleet Foxes, uh, expressed on social media in the build-up to the album's release that he felt... Um, indie music, which this would certainly be classified as. It's a different point on the folk spectrum to the Richard Dawson album. Um, He felt they had gone downhill from the time when Fleet Fox's self-titled debut came out in 2008-2009, and he expressed a sort of nostalgia for that. You can see why, listening to this album, it's immaculately constructed. I found it very interesting in that it's nowhere near as instant as the previous Fleet Foxes albums, I would say. Um, It really took quite a few listens before it started to unfurl to me, but when it does, it does so magnificently. I think the tracks, some of them are a lot more focused on one particular melody or one centre point than previous tracks were, Um, but yet they still feel more complex than previously, so I I don't know quite how they've achieved that, but it's, uh, it's interesting, I think. Um, there's influence from the German Krautrock pioneers can on there, as Fleet Foxes have said themselves, so um, it's really a development for them, I would say. I, I don't know if it quite lives up to Helplessness Blues, which is my my favourite of their first two albums, uh, which I thought was a brilliant album, but this is still a really interesting one, very varied. Um, certainly, I would say, uh, their most grand artistic statement to date, whether or not that makes it their best album, is open for debate. Um, but I think... If, if they go on to release another album, I suspect it will be a long time away, but it's certainly one I'll be checking out um, because they continue to impress. So two very different folk albums, but two that I've really enjoyed in recent months. Cool. Right. Um, I'm wanting to listen to both of these, actually. So um, That, that Crack Up album, that is actually the punchline to one of my dad's jokes. Crack up. <laughs> what? <laughs> tell okay. tell, tell. Woman, woman aviator fly upside down. Oh, crack up! Oh. Uh. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> typical dad joke. I'm sure that's what they, I'm sure that's what they named it after. <laughs> yeah. well, obviously, yeah. yeah. It's obviously, really, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Do you want to hear? Do you want? Do you want to hear the inception of dad jokes? Go on then. <laughs> See if you can work out what I mean by that. If I'm not a dad and I make dad jokes, is it a faux pas? Oh, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> that is truly terrible. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> uh, I can't say oh, I've heard gosh. of either of these albums anyway, but no one's surprised at that. Um, I didn't really know you are into folk, Michael. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you're into... He's well into it. I know you're he's into a, pretty much every a nylon genre. string guitar in his house, and he um, reads poetry books all night. Some truth next to that. Next to a burning log fire <laughs> while wearing uh, ponchos. Yeah. Very stringy ponchos. I've been known to, yeah. 
Good. Well, I'm into any good music, so um, yeah. this certainly falls into that category. Have you not heard of Fleet Foxes? Yeah, true. I don't know. I just don't really think of them as folk. I know they are. When, when, oh, when you... okay. They're like really folk. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> like they are. Folk yeah. as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, is there any genre that you can think of, Michael, that at least as far as you've experienced, you just don't like? Country. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not at all. What about alt? But he, like, he likes alt country. There I think we've had this discussion some before. Country. Yeah, I mean, obviously, things straight into other genres. Some, probably some of the yeah. stuff I like could be classified as that, but just depends. But I agree. Mm. Straight up country annoys me as well. I find it quite boring. Lyr- um, lyrically, it's tends towards the cringeworthy, but um, yeah, um, yeah. The, I would, I would say, I wouldn't say I dislike it, but I can't get into classical either yet. Mm. I, uh, fr- I frequently listen to John Williams soundtracks at the gym, but that's not. It's barely classical. Listening to you know the Seattle <laughs> Man theme when when you're running. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, People that's. Making cl- Using classical instruments to make shite music. <laughs> wow, <laughs> shut up. That's what a classic FM whoa, music whoa, listener whoa, whoa. would say. Obviously, I disagree. Oh, good, good, good. Right, let's <laughs> let's move this to Sheffield and let's start with James Cable. What have you got for us? Start with me. Well, I've got. A, I've made a big list. Well, I made a list of about one, two, three, four, five. It's taken an hour seven, to write his notes. Eight, so eight albums yourself. I wanted to talk about, and then I started writing notes, and I only managed to write notes for one that went quite in depth. So <laughs> prepare Jeez. yourselves. Um, so I'm going to talk about the uh, debut album by an electronic music duo called Bicep um, and it's a self-titled album um, they're from Belfast they first got known 10 years ago as two guys who ran a popular music blog called Feel My Bicep um, which they turned into a record label um, they're also producing their own music and developing their own sound uh, which spans genres such as house, techno, disco and jungle um, so on this, uh, this album has been described as a contemporary fusion of 90s prog house, breakbeat, trance and garage. Um, now da- dance music genres and the terms sort of baffle me and uh, I wanted to look up what breakbeat, breakbeat actually meant. Does anyone, does anyone know what it means? I would assume it's like where you, the beat kind of just constantly breaks and it's not like constantly, I don't know. It's probably 4-4 but a bit mental. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so it's, it's got kind of two sort of definitions and the first is when a producer makes a drum loop by sampling the drums in a song uh, during the break in the music so like when there's just drums playing okay i think right um and i'll just call that a drum break but yeah yeah and they're often sampled from early jazz funk and r&b tracks and are used for the main rhythms in styles such as hip-hop jungle drum and bass hardcore uk garage pop and rock so they're used all over the place um but it's also come to mean beats which are broken or unpredictable in comparison to other percussive styles, which is kind of what you said. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Um, so it's kind of both. Apparently the Prodigy often used heavy break beats and synthesizer loops. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I was just yeah, interested in what it meant, and I looked it up and it kind of makes sense. Um, so back to this album. Um, I find the way that Bicep layer their tracks is really, really enthralling. Um, one part will like get slower and slower, uh, slowly and slowly louder and louder, and another will get slowly and slowly... Uh, softer and softer until all of a sudden you realise that the track has a different feel to it. Um, the music often sounds ethereal and a bit psychedelic and trippy, with deep, deep, warm bass, uh, melodramatic washes, wails, and oscillating reverb. Um, and we talked about far off distant vocals before when we talked about like, the XX and Jamie XX and stuff like that. 
Um, bicep use far off melancholic sort of wailing recurring vocal samples. You, you often can't tell what the samples are saying or what the vocals are saying. Um, and they use more like another instrument to create an atmosphere. Um, they're masters of building and releasing tension uh, to evoke like an emotional response. Um, they'll use echoey, echoey oscillating melody or a down-tempo beat or a recurring sample to sort of hold together a song. And then they'll layer it in with um, a melody or chord progression which builds up and phases in and out. And then they'll switch, it up to, uh, switch something up or drop in a sample. Um, and sometimes it might create a big obvious dance floor moment. Other times it might be a small and more subtle tweak to sort of build up the song. Um, the track Rain on this album, which sort of wears a bit of a world music vibe on its sleeve, is a good example of this. Um, dropping in the vocals and the beat, which sends the hairs on my back like from six to midnight um, every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one noise on this album which I really love and I wanted to mention. Um, it's the backbone of the track Veil. Um, and I wanted to describe it as God farting on a snare drum. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> wow, um, okay. So I think sort of nine, out of, nine times out of ten, if I heard a bicep track, I'd be able to recognise it and tell you it's bicep. Just uh, because although they're sort of drawing on all these influences which hark back to music of like decades past, utilising like musical tropes which have gone out of favour and might now be considered outdated and a bit tacky, just the way that they uh, put these unfashionable sounds together with sort of precision makes them feel contemporary and nostalgic and relevant and exciting. Um, the track Glue is definitely my sort of song of the summer. Um, this and two other tracks came out on the build-up to this album and I, I often find that like when, I'm listening to, when I listen to tracks on the build-up to an album, when the actual album actually comes out I get disappointed because it doesn't live up to those tracks, but with this album it definitely does. So yeah. Sweet. Um, <clears throat> I've listened to this in the car a couple of times with Kate. Well, not the full thing, but yeah, I had it on when you got and I like it, and it was on when I got it. But I like the snippets that I've heard. For definite, it's got a really cool, uh, atmospheric, and yeah, pretty unique sound, like you say. Yeah. Mm. Also, I approve of the name. Being named after a muscle is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds. It sounds like it's packing a punch. Anyway. Um... Bam. Bam. <laughs> right in there. Um, uh, Michael, are you familiar with this? No, I think I've heard of them, but I'm not sure exactly. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to say, Cable, have you heard of it? I'm not sure how to, um, I'm not sure how to say the um, the name. It's an um, American electronic artist. Um, one or tricks point never? I don't think I have. No, okay. Just his, his last album was... Um, it it was uh, sort of ins- it was his electronic artist. He was inspired by nineties rock, and uh, it just sort of what you said there about trading in nostalgia a bit and music that's yeah. past. It, it was basically based around that. It was uh, I feel like quite a lot of people are doing that at the moment, sort of right, yeah, mm-hmm. creating stuff which harks back to music, yeah, know, sort of nineties and yeah, yeah, well the eighties or whatever. Because he'd uh, he'd never done anything like that before. Um, but the album's called Ga- right. Garden of Delete, and I thought it was a masterpiece. So just wanted to mention that. All right, yeah, write that down. Cool. Right, excellent. Uh, well, we're sticking in Sheffield, and maybe we're going to something just as eclectic. Clive, what have you got for us? Um, eh, fairly eclectic. Um, so, I've been getting old, and you know, as, as you get old, you listen uh. to more prog rock. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> um, so I've been listening to quite a lot of prog rock. I've been listening to Pink Floyd, and even Genesis. Uh, wow. both m- mainly Pink Floyd but uh, I've just l- been listening to a Genesis album on the way back home and I uh, quite enjoyed it 
So yeah, definite sign I'm getting old. But this uh, album that I'm talking about, it's got prog rock elements. And to link in with uh, Armageddon Dildos, I believe, I've just found out that the um, it's released on a label called Armageddon Record Shop. Um, it's released from this year and it's an album by a band called Elder called Reflections of a Floating World. Um, so, they are, in terms of genres that I understand to some degree, they fit into the prog rock, I would say doom metal. I've not heard much doom metal, but from what I have heard, it sounds a little them, bit similar. I saw them described as stoner rock. Yeah, that's the, that oh, was that my third description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, with, with a little bit of stoner rock in there as well. Um, and yeah, I'm absolutely loving this album. It's kind of just came completely out of the blue. It was actually, I got on it, uh, I go on rateyourmusic.com quite a lot, which I know uh, Michael is also on. And, yeah. Uh, reviews albums on there. And it was, uh, re- you know, I check every month or so with the top rated albums from this year and this was like fourth or fifth when I checked and I was like I haven't even heard of that um, and that always intrigues me because it means that I don't know it's something that lots of people have heard but hasn't necessarily been reviewed by the big outlets necessarily and when I looked it hadn't really been so I was like oh this is intriguing so, so I listened to it and I just kind of loved it straight away and um, it's got like really heavy fantastic meaty guitar riffs uh, the guitar and bass sound it's just perfectly produced um, not only that but the riffs are really really good um, it's really for a. I think prog rock has this reputation, and so like I say, it's got way more elements. It's definitely not straight prog rock. It's quite a lot heavier than what you'd expect. Like, if you're thinking, "Oh shit, this sounds like Genesis," it doesn't at all. Um, it's you know pretty heavy, but it definitely has a lot of prog rock elements in that it does do. It goes into some crazy time signatures at times, and it's quite hard to follow the drumming uh, and know what's going on. But it doesn't have. For me, what a lot of prog rock albums have is a bit of guitar wankery for the sake of it <laughs> and just instrumental wankery for the sake of like, oh, look how amazingly we can play our instruments in 7-8, um, which that doesn't really excite me, but they don't seem to do that. They do, they seem to do just, they do it to create a visceral experience and it does that when they randomly go into these dot, crazy time signatures for a bit and then go snap back into 4-4, it has even an even greater effect and that it's clearly all constructed to just kind of be as visceral as possible and none of it's kind of for show which I really love about it and um, the songs it's made up of it's an hour long actually which yeah amazing that I like it but so what, <laughs> hang on a minute hang my... on a minute so you listened to an album that was over an hour and you've watched yeah. nearly all of Game of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> and Donald it's, Trump is um... president Brexit <laughs> happened you shouldn't be surprised anymore are we? Do we go Just, through a black hole, like a alternative <laughs> dimension, different timeline? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe I've just I've just changed as a personnel. You just, um, you're approaching thirty, so you're starting. And doing it's just things all that, just gone tits up. To be honest, I hate myself. Uh, I don't know what's happening. You're probably gonna do. Something, <laughs> I'm listening to prog rock. Yeah, you're probably gonna do get into something really boring like cycling or. Cycling. Well, <laughs> I am going to start cycling to work, so you're not far off. If I wear lycra, though, if I start wearing lycra, though, please shoot me. Um, that's when I've really. You watched all of Game of Thrones? Not all of it. I'm on season five now, which I must say has been crap. Season four was excellent, and then five's taken another dip. But crap. I'm reliably informed well. by someone at work who uh, who seems to have similar opinions to me that it gets from now on he said oh season five's very slow but you power through it and six and seven are really good so i was like okay cool and he agreed that season three was really slow and boring so i was like he basically agreed that the seasons are good 
with me, so I think he's got a similar sort. You're hurting Michael's soul, by the way. So let's <laughs> let's move away from this. Well, not not craps a bit far, but like really slow. I'm just like I'm quite bored. Uh, four was excellent. I've got to say, it was like one of my favourite series of television. Not that I've watched much, but I loved it. Uh, so it's been a bit disappointing, but. You know, still got three episodes left, so you never know. But anyway, this is a music <laughs> podcast. <so. laughs> oh, interesting. Um, I was going on about visceral sound, no guitar wankery. Um, yeah, the songs, they're all ten minutes long-ish. There's one that's eight, but all the others are just over ten minutes. Um, the songs go up and down. They take unexpected turns. Quite often, a song will sound like it's finished and something else will start, but it'll still be the same song. And I'm talking to Cable about this. I kind of listened to the album as... I don't really know when one song starts and finishes necessarily. It just feels like a series of vignettes. Uh, that's a posh word that I don't really understand. Love it. Use it. Um, a series of sort of vignettes that I don't really care about when one starts and one ends. I just listen to it as a whole experience. It kind of, and the songs themselves kind of sound like they're more than one song. If you yeah, them. they definitely do. You could easily have cut like yeah. some of them in two and said this is a separate song. Um, but then it kind of turns back to something that maybe it was doing at yeah. the start and it kind of... But yeah, they're all great and they're really, really good journeys in them all. Um, the drumming is top draw. Like, it really makes me want to buy a drum kit, which is uh, possibly going to happen soon because we're moving house and I've got space for it. Because <laughs> uh, he just twats them and it's just this really satisfying uh, to listen to as a drummer, which I love. Um, and it fits in really well with the riffs. He doesn't do anything too fancy, but he's obviously really capable with all these uh, time signatures and just keeping it really simple but effective and visceral, like I've said. Um, my, it's, like I've said, really well produced, everything. There's nothing I'd really change about the production. Um, there is some vocals on it, not very much. Um, a couple, there's probably the most it has for one song is maybe a couple of paragraphs of lyrics, but uh, the vo- I think they kind of break it up nicely, add something, add something to the bits that it's doing. It's like, not, I haven't really paid that much attention to the lyrics. They're quite not that upfront, but I think it's good that it's like that. Um, and I like that they're in there and it's not just completely instrumental it does give it a bit of a extra dimension I think um, it's just got so many amazing moments it's the only album from this year that I've struggled to turn off when I've needed to like I've, there's been times when I've been like I really need to turn this off now because I don't know the kids are about to come in or <laughs> and they might not they might not want to listen to some doom metal prog rock but uh, and I'm just like but I need to finish this song and I've never really had that with I don't know it's I've never really been gripped like that by an album this year. And music in general doesn't grip me in the way that, in that sort of way, that's more something that would happen to me in sort of something that had a story and I wanted to find out what happened. But um, <laughs> I've just found that this album has done that to me and I've really loved it. It's, yeah, my album of the year so far. Absolutely love it. I would, my one complaint is track five, uh, which is excellently named Sonntag, uh, Sunday in German, for those, you know, for the uneducated among us, which is everyone who doesn't speak German. It's, I, I don't know, it kind of feels a bit like an interlude track and it's not bad, but it doesn't have the same like uh, visceral effect that the rest of the album has for me. And I don't see, it kind of, you could say that because it slows things down, it means the last track has more effect and the last track is excellent. The first four are amazing. Uh, I'd say the last two are not particularly uh, Sontag track five, just isn't quite up there. And I would have cut it personally if I was in, in charge of editing it. But it doesn't take, you know, that much away from it. It does give it a kind of interlude feel then going into the last track and maybe gives that more of a push, I don't know. But but yeah, I absolutely love it. It's a really fantastic album and one that barely any music outlets have reviewed and probably not many people have heard of. So I would totally recommend checking it out. It's kind of single-handedly got me back into prog rock. <laughs> Again, not that it's particularly prog rocky. It does have elements of it, but it's not 
don't let that put you off if you're thinking, oh, I fucking hate prog rock. Uh, it's brilliant. It's just really, really good. I know Cable's listened to it, so I don't know whether you've got a couple. Yeah, of... I really like it. You kind of said, said it. It's really, yeah, it's amazing. Michael, any um, thoughts or heard of it? No, I haven't heard it, but I did see it on RYM as it happens. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how the site's algorithms work, but the cream tends to rise to the top, so I'm sure I'll give it a listen at some point. Um, it's a, it's a really, it's, I would say, a very argumentative but knowledgeable community on the website. So um, I, I certainly <laughs> trust the opinions of people on there. So I, from from what from that and the, what Clive's just said, I, I reckon it it sounds pretty great. Yeah, it is really. I was just completely like surprised by it, just because it was like. Not necessarily a genre that I'm particularly in the mood for, but then I was like, actually, I've been missing out on this. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. This is brilliant, and it's, you know, I'm really, really, just has that really visceral effect, and it wasn't even that I had to listen to it many times. Like, the, on the first listen through, I was in love with it, and then it just kind of got better and better. Um, so, yeah. Great. I think I did... Really happy that I've discovered it. Good. Yeah, good. I think I did see it being praised somewhere else, actually, but I can't remember where, so I think it has had a bit of exposure. Cool. Well, it should do, hopefully. So, I know it's the. I don't know what it's their second or third album. I'm not sure, but I'm definitely going to check the rest out. Although apparently they're quite, um, which also intrigues me. They've changed quite a lot through all their uh, albums. So, right, which is something I always like. Yeah, it's always interesting. Have you, are you a prog rock fan, Michael? Is that is that one of the genres that comes under your spectrum? Well, I wouldn't say I've got that much, but. Um... One of my absolute favourite bands are often categorised as a prog band, uh, Tool. But okay. I'd, I'd consider them more old metal, but there's very massive prog influence in there, yeah. I think bits of this have been compared to Tool. I've not listened to much Tool, but... Yeah. yeah so it might be... Read, they might have similarities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty hard to sound like Tool. Uh, the bands that the bands that do the most are usually bands that fall into the uh, gent subgenre. D-J-E-N-T, that is. Um, p- pioneered by Meshiga, the Swedish um, death metal band. But uh, Yeah, but if any comparison with Tool is a good thing in my eyes. So, yeah, always intrigues me. Cool. Right, okay. Yeah, so check it out, for sure. I think this is probably mostly in your wheelhouse, Michael. So. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'll have to check it out, yeah. Right. Uh, before I pass over to people, uh, see if they've got anything more to say, I'm just going to mention what I've been listening to most. And... Yet again, it's right out of um, the... Cheeseville. Cheeseville, yeah. Although this time it's more of a movie Cheeseville. I've been listening to the Moana soundtrack quite a lot. Nice. Um, so Someone ch- else mentioned that to me recently. Oh, you know what? It's got a cracking soundtrack. Is there something by The Rock or something on it? Well, The Rock is the yeah, star that's... in it, and there's a song in it called You're Welcome, <laughs> uh, which I would urge you all to check out. Uh, anybody who's ever watched The Rock when he was wrestling and listened to The Rock concerts will know that he's oh quite the singer. Certainly. <laughs> um, although there is some other sort of great songs in there. Um, I would heartily... Well, I'd advise it as a film, but I would advise it as a soundtrack as well. One of Disney's better ones. Great. Right, anyway. Cool. Um, intriguing. Uh, yeah. I'll check it out, Al. <laughs> Go for it, yeah. It's going to be one of the best Disney experiences of your life. Uh, uh, well, psyched. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Michael, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? Yeah, should we have a bit of hip hop now? Go for it. Yeah. Hip hop. Yeah. So, um, an album that I didn't actually think I'd be um, when I first heard about it. At least an album I didn't think I'd be discussing on this podcast. Uh, Four Forty Four, the new Jay Z album. Uh, Jay Z has been a remarkably inconsistent 
artist in his career, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, before this album, I would have classified him as having four great albums. Uh, his debut, Reasonable Doubt, The Blueprint, The Black Album, which is my favourite, and the often-overlooked American Gangster, um, which was released in 2007. Since then, um, did release the Watch the Throne album with Kanye West, which was um, very good. But his two solo albums since then, uh, The Blueprint the Blueprint 3 and Magna Carta Holy Grail, were both uh, essentially trash, in my opinion. Not worth checking out, really, beyond the odd couple of tracks um, on each. So I had no anticipation whatsoever for this album. Um, and when I saw how hyped people were getting about it, at first I just thought, you know, another Jay-Z album, all hype, uh, no quality anymore, probably. But obviously I hadn't checked out at that point. Then I did see some people whose opinions on Hip Hop I Trust very much, stating that they thought it was one of his best albums, which certainly piqued my interest. And then what happened is someone played me the video for the album's second track, The Story of OJ which, if anyone isn't familiar with, I implore them to go and watch the video and listen to the song straight away. It's um, an incredibly provocative track about race in America, and it instantly hooked me into wanting to hear the album, um, which I did soon after. The album's only ten tracks long, very concise, Clive-friendly. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Hey, mate, I'm on the hour-long prog rock odyssey. Uh, yeah, you've left the short albums behind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The whole thing is produced by No ID, who has been a hip hop producer of nearly three decades now. Um, most famously, was often described as Kanye West's mentor. Really brought Kanye into producing. Uh, he produced some classic tracks in um, the '90s, but isn't a very well-known name. He's um, collaborated with Jay Z quite a bit since then, but here Jay Z hands him the uh, the full album. Uh, and as people know, who if they've listened to the podcast before. For me, that's always a good sign. It gives a, a hip-hop project exactly the sort of cohesion it needs to succeed, I think. And that's exactly what happens here. No ID doesn't reinvent the wheel, but he just comes out with a set of brilliant soul-influenced beats. Um, since the heyday of Kanye West and Just Blaze, um, when they produced the bulk of the blueprint for Jay-Z, which I already mentioned is one of his great albums, um, soul-style beats haven't been as prominent most recently, but I think this album just shows how timeless that style of production is. Um, only at 10 tracks as well. Um, as I said, very concise. Jay-Z cited Illmatic by Nas as an influence. And it's not very... If, usually if you hear that being said by a rapper, you think, yeah, of course, buddy. But in this case, perfect length of album, perfect consistency on the beats. Um, I can actually see what Jay-Z means when he mentions that. I can actually see that influence, and if you've, been, if you've been compared to Illmatic in any sense, then you've done something right. So that's another great thing. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And lyrically, um, this is one, certainly one of the most interesting sets that Jay-Z's put out there. Uh, right from the off with the first track, Kill Jay-Z, it's, um, it, it really, it's ve really very revealing. Um, we see a side of Jay-Z that we haven't necessarily seen before. Um, on the track Smile, um, the most the, the bit of lyricism that's been focused on the most is um, him discussing the fact that his mother um, is a lesbian, which wasn't previously public knowledge. Um, the track, the title track 444, which um, alludes heavily to the suggestions in Beyonce's Lemonade album that Jay-Z uh, cheated on her, um, that's really an outpouring of... Um, 
of emotion as far as tracks go. You don't see that sort of thing very often in hip-hop. Uh, and the beat really matches it. It's one of those classic beats that sounds like it's pouring out of heaven itself. So, really great beat. Um, some of the uh, some of the production on the second half of the album is um, equally stellar. The beat for Marcy Me is very notable, I would say. One of my favourites on the album. Um, and I think another, a go- another good measure of the album is that... Um, there's three guest appearances by Frank Ocean, uh, Beyonce, and Damien Marley. And I would say, apart from Damien Marley, who's a very obvious um, style of vocalist, I'd say you wouldn't even necessarily notice the Frank Ocean and Beyonce appearances if you didn't know about them beforehand. So, perfectly integrated into the fabric of the album. Uh, and I, I'm just, I'm really, really happy that 10 years after the last album I thought he released that was worth listening to, Jay-Z's managed to come out with another. Um, he was already a legend, regardless of the amount of filler he's released, but this really solidifies it. And I've gone from not wanting to hear another Jay-Z album because I, I would expect it to be crap, to not wanting to hear another because I think this is the perfect curtain closer on his career. I'm not saying it's an absolutely perfect, superb album, but as you can tell from what I'm saying, it's easily one of the year's um, best, in my opinion. And I think it's been overlooked quite a lot at the moment, actually. Uh, it got a lot of praise, but I think... I'm, I've already mentioned why I... Uh, RYM, sorry, uh, today. On there, it's not getting anywhere near the amount of praise it deserves, I think. But I think over time, people will look back and realise this was one of the, the best things Jersey ever put out there. So, yeah. Love this album. Hmm. I, unsurprisingly, have not heard it, but would be interested. Um... Cable, you're num- normally number two when it comes to hip hop. Have you heard I've this heard yet? I've not heard it yet. You're not? Okay. No, I've not heard it yet. No. I, I, I was going to, but yeah. I actually didn't realise. No, I did realise it was out. I'd just forgotten. But yeah. Same. Same. Um, I just kind of assumed it was only on Tidal. So I haven't even looked for it yet on Spotify. But <laughs> Yeah, luckily it was released. Uh, I mean, I hate streaming only releases. Yeah, even digital only releases. But it was released on CD. So I was happy about that. Right. Okay, cool. I haven't checked where it's on Spotify, but I do. This is one on my list to listen to before the end of the year. I'm intrigued by it. So, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, especially because I know you. Um, I mean, it's it's not the same sort of album, but just because of the ilmatic comparisons that I've drawn. Yeah, um, I love that album. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not on that level uh, in terms of tech, lyrical technique. Um, sure. And obviously, what Nas was putting out there was like street poetry, basically. But it's it, this is it's the content of these lyrics that's really interesting. Jay Z's always been um, it, someone who can hold his own. Well, a lot more than that as a rapper. Um, this certainly isn't his most varied, interesting work in that sense. But it, it's just it's just the content of the lyrics that is totally different to anything he's done before. Cool. Right. Okay. Um, so from one. Streetwise hip hop expert to another, although you might not be talking about hip hop. James Cable, what else are you going for? Well, I've got four albums here, which I'm just going to try and rattle through a bit of a roundup. I think Clive's about to do something similar. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I'll try and go quickly. So the first one is Every Valley by Public Service Broadcasting. Um, Public Service Broadcasting are an instrumental band. Um, they they're sort of indie electronica alternative. And they take samples from old public information films, um, archive footage and propaganda material. Their previous material um, takes influence from... Well, their first EP was called the War War Room EP um, and samples stuff from the Second World War. 
Their first album was called Inf- Inform, Educate, Entertain, um, taking stuff from information, education, and entertainment. The last album was called uh, The Race for Space, I think, and obviously took material from the space race. Um, this, their most recent album is quite different, uh, tackling the more niche subject of the rise and fall of the Welsh coal industry. Um, <laughs> Pretty niche. Which is, which is the a one bold, I'm fascinated in. <laughs> which is a bold sort of move to take, I think, but um, I think it paid off. Um, it's, it's perhaps less memorable as a whole, but it shows more depth and nuance than their previous material. Um, so, yeah. Um, the next album I was going to just mention is The War on Drugs, A Deeper Understanding. Um, it's kind of what I expected and what I wanted it to be. It's a continuation, sort of a con- continuation of their previous album, Lost in a Dream, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I've got a sort of powerful spring scene-esque stadium heartland rock uh, mixed in with dreamy, shimmering indie pop and shoegaze, um, and they do it perfectly. It's layers, luscious and ambitious, and it's just full of reverb and guitar solos. <laughs> which yeah, is... I've listened to this as well, uh, just quickly. Yeah, I, I think I prefer it to the previous one. I was a big fan of Lost in the Dream, but I think I prefer this. I think it's got less like standout, amazing songs for me, but it's a bit more consistent throughout, and it feels like more of a whole album. So yeah, I yeah. find it easy to listen like to. It. It's like just stick it on, and it's like really yeah, good. totally. And it, it's another one that's over an hour long, but I'm, I'm liking it. Whereas I think the last one could have done with some of the things cut in. I don't. I think this one's good. As it works as an hour. So yeah, I'm a fan of it too. I've got this album yeah. as well. I've just got to com- just just to com- just to complete the set. Um, <laughs> there was not. I don't think there's that, that often many that we've all heard. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, Lost in the Dream is one of my favourites of the decade. I'm not sure I would place it on that that level quite, but obviously I'll have to give it time. Okay. But the, this is. I think this is really good, and it's it's unashamedly massive sounding. I like even bigger than Lost yeah. in the Dream. I think. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a really good album. I like it. Cool. It's again another um, another band who sort of um, does deals in nostalgia and like yeah totally it's definitely yeah. definitely like more of the same but like not in a bad way no uh, and like I say I, I personally prefer it to Lost in the Dream I never I you know I gave Lost in the Dream a sort of eight out of ten I liked it but I didn't quite get into it as much as a lot of people did but yeah okay so I think I probably end up preferring this but yeah both really good anyway I think the song okay, and the songs on this one sound even tighter I think like the, the, it, I think he's really refined the sound even further so it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't unwind but not in a bad way it's um, yeah it's really interesting to listen to definitely yeah okay the, the last the two I'm going to talk about briefly um, LCD and Sound System American Dream um, if you don't know LCD see down LCD sound system they sort of well James Murphy the guy behind it sort of merges indie and dance music together and he's, it's his first album since seven years ago I think um, I've heard someone say that he's still singing about the same stuff he was ten years ago how he can't keep up with young party goers because he's getting old uh, <laughs> and that it's too hip for its own good because it is like the ultimate hipster band um, <laughs> but I, I really like it and I've also heard it described as a vers- virtuosic tribute to his heroes packed with allusions to artists such as Bowie and Eno I think that was on the Guardian review um, but yeah, I really like it. I've not listened to it too many times, so I can't really go into depth, but I like it. And then finally, um album came out today, The National, Sleep Well Beast, um, which I really loved the first time around, the only time I've listened to it. Um, it's their seventh album. I just wanted to sort of mention something I find interesting. The the lead singer um, from The National, Matt Bernin- Berninger, um, he's um, a musician who has no musical theory and little 
sort of little, he doesn't play instruments, basically. Um, does anyone know any other sort of lead men who, or lead um, front, men who, front men or women who are like that? Because I looked it up. Um, I don't know. I think I know, like, there's quite a few who probably started out not knowing anything, but then I find a lot of them start playing guitar at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I read a thing about him, and it said that he basically he doesn't know he doesn't know much about music. He just writes the lyrics, and obviously knows how to sing. And he just sort of tells them, "Oh, make it more sound like more this, more like yeah, this, yeah. or like using just normal." That doesn't surprise me when I listen to them. Yeah. Um, I've written down Morrissey, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, and Michael Stipe from REM. There's others, <laughs> and also I've, I, don't, I hope he doesn't mind mentioning this, but Josh Keefley from Other Gem Base. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a mean harmonica. Yeah, he does. But he, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, it sort of reminds me of Josh Keefley in a way. <laughs> Big praise. But yeah, something I love about the National is for the their, National. Their uh, just his words and his metaphors and his sort of cynicism and wisdom. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got to say about it. Really, it's really good. I'll um, cool. I'll definitely be going out to get that next week. Um, I think they've been one of the best bands in the world the last ten years or so. Um, yeah. And in, interesting that I know it was a totally unrelated point, but you mentioned REM, and I think they're a band that the Nationals' career trajectory has often been compared to, but. I yeah. don't think they're ever going to reach that level of fame, but it'd be interesting to see where this album takes them. Cool. I need I need to listen to more of the national. I did I did try to get into them a couple of years ago and just found I don't know. I just halfway through I was always getting bored of the album, but maybe I need to give it another shot. I don't really listen. They're one of those bands I don't really listen to the albums. I've got I just listen to yeah, maybe a song why. when it comes on a playlist or I, I don't know. I I tried to listen to them and I really like quite a lot of them, but I can only take so much. I find. I think that's what it is for me, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit too, like, I don't know, there's something, like, too dour and, I don't know, dark. It's almost, like, too dark and, yeah. But Maybe it's the low singing. But some of the songs are incredible, though. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. High Violet is my favourite album. I think it's, of theirs is just, um, just perfect. So that's that's one I would, if people haven't heard of them, that's where I'd dive in. That's what I did, and it just, it just pulled me in, so... What, yeah. are the, okay, what are the big cool. tracks off that? That's what one I haven't checked out, one. so maybe I'll um, Well, um, Blood Buzz Ohio and Lemon World were the, oh, sing- yeah, were the yeah. singles, but I think uh, England is the big track for me. Yeah, so, I know yeah. that one as well. Cool. Uh, from one roundup, I th- well, I'm, I'm assuming he's doing a roundup from what Cable says. <laughs> Clive, what have you got for us? I am, yeah. Um, I've been listening to mainly Bowie, but I'm not gonna. I'm probably gonna save that for a future one because I still haven't quite got through all the albums I want to. At some point, I'll probably do like a Bowie roundup. But um, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. He's become one of my favourite artists now, having not really listened to him properly before. I've been more of a song man of his uh, rather than the albums, and I just love how he changes from album to album. It's amazing. Um, but I'm gonna do a 2017 roundup for now instead. Uh, I'll start with Manchester Orchestra with an album called A Black Mile to the Surface. This has a ton of production on it, uh, but it sounds great, which sometimes I don't like things that are overproduced. In this, in this case, it works, I think. It's really atmospheric and huge sounding album, a bit like The War on Drugs, but in a different way. Um, the songs flow into each other in a way that doesn't make uh, many of them stand out to me, but there's a real kind of cohesiveness to the album and some really massive moments. There's a lyrical theme throughout about a strained relationship with a father and a suicide attempt, which is a, a little cryptic but quite interesting to decipher, should um, that be your kind of thing, and I found it quite interesting to try and do that. Um, I found the more positive songs about his daughter, uh, like The Sunshine and The Maze, a nice change of pace from the very kind of serious and heavy heavy nature of the rest of the album. 
But um, yeah, for me, it's definitely one of the most memorable albums of the year so far. I've heard this as well, and it's good. Yeah, you, you liked it as well, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. I need to listen to it more. It's yeah. a huge sounding kind of... You need to just listen to it loud. It's very... Uh, yeah. Like, he's probably done about 500 vocal overdubs. Uh, <laughs> it just... It sounds huge. But uh, it works it, for definite. Which is amusing, because apparently after the last album, he said he was going to uh, strip it down. <laughs> which he definitely hasn't. He's done the very opposite. But, um, yeah. Next up, Craig Finn. We all want the same things. Craig Finn is the lead singer of The Hold Steady, who are one of my favourite bands. Um He's a kind of singer who more talks than sings, I suppose. Uh, these, it's, it's a collection of stories uh, told kind of with great empathy about sort of underdogs and, you know, people living on the breadline and, you know, the <laughs> forgotten people, I suppose. Um, I like the production. It's varied and keeps things interesting. It's got a way less bombastic feel than The Hold Steady. And I feel the kind of more sombre stories in it match that. It's less of a party album. The Hold Steady, a lot of their songs are just about partying and getting drunk and they but in an interesting way. In fact, I love um, Separation Sunday, uh, which is my favourite album of theirs, and that's kind of a very Jack kerouac album to me. It's like that in music, which On the Road is one of my favourite books, so probably one of the big reasons I love him. But, yeah, and I love the way he delivers vocals. He delivers them in a way to... I've mentioned before that if my vocals are too melodic, I often struggle to pay attention to the lyrics um, he delivers them in a way that really makes me pay attention to the lyrics and when he's crafted really good stories like in this album that's to me really useful um, next up uh, very quickly Kendrick Lamar Damn um, I liked this I didn't love it um, it's top actually on the R.Y.M which we keep mentioning um, I think some of the tracks could have done with being cut but you know I'm not a pro in the hip hop scene uh, <laughs> There's some very uh, there's some very good stuff on here, and this is the first Kendrick album I've really listened to properly, which I know is shameful. But yeah, I did like it a lot. It's in my top 20 for the year, but it's not any higher than that. Um, and like I've said before, DNA, absolutely love it. Uh, and lastly, Sandy, in brackets, Sandy Alex G, um, with, I've fucking, I don't know if I've written the album name here or not. Okay, it's such a weird name that it confuses me every time. Um, but hopefully people will know what I'm on about. <laughs> Shit research, <laughs> I apologise. Um, this is a, it's almost as weird as... The, the album's pretty much as weird as the name. Um, it's on the kind of I need to listen to again before the end of the year list because it's kind of a mess and I haven't quite got hold of it fully despite many listens. But the songs don't really link together anyway and the styles kind of change drastically from one song to the next, but that's kind of what makes it stand out to me. It's really unpredictable and full of great ideas. I'm still not completely sold on it as a like an album as a whole, but that may change. But as of now, I'd say it's like a really good album that has some really exceptional tracks like Proud, Superstar and Bobby. And it's just one of the more interesting releases this year for me. Um, like I say, I haven't quite got a grip on it after many, many listens, which always um, intrigues me. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's one I'll listen to again before the end of the day. And just a quick mention to, I thought when Michael said he listen to a couple of folk albums that he would mention this um, Feist with uh, her album Pleasure which right. is my favourite folk, folky album of the year so far I just again it's a really kind of interesting slightly LSD trip uh, I don't know I really like it it's cool so that's I haven't listened to loads of folk this year but that's my favourite of the folky releases so yeah that's the, that's the end of my roundup Clive's weekly roundup <laughs> Clive's weekly well monthly <laughs> monthly <laughs> roundup yeah um, yeah, it's been more than a yeah. month since we've done this. Yeah, mm. bi-monthly. Cool. Um, right, I've got a question for you, Clive. Okay. Vas ish 
Fuzz Eat. <laughs> In German, please. Um, what? Yeah, I guess you meant what is the time there. Um, <laughs> what did you um, actually say? You get that in the edit. You know, perfect, perfect Swiss. <laughs> I'm not even going to correct you. I'm going to keep it in there. Um, well, I've actually this is topical because I've bought a new watch, which is identical to my previous watch, but now bright blue, and it's still a Casio. I thought about getting a Swiss one, but they cost too much, so it didn't happen. This is doing a good job of telling the time, and it's telling me right now that it's plug time. I'm not gonna lie, I was hoping I was hoping you were gonna say that in German back. So at, was can, I. can you give yeah. that? <laughs> um, shit, plug. What's plug? Stecker. Stop for tight. <laughs> that totally doesn't mean the same thing. But... <laughs> Maybe we'll start calling it that. Does that mean uh, doomsday butt plug? Um, <laughs> yes. In fact, that's what I'm gonna. Propose uh, whatever it was, armadillo dildos. No, armadillo. Armadillo, armadillo. <laughs> armadillo dildos. I'm going to propose a name oh, change as well yeah. as the new album name. Well, if they, if they won't take armadillos. Ah, oh. yes. <laughs> if they won't, if they if they won't do it, that's a new business venture for us. <laughs> Spell armor like you know. Oh, yeah. What is it? Oh, I don't mate. understand. It's just a... I don't know. You'll find out. It's armoured dildos. These aren't going to break. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I don't even think I even got to the first part of plug time. Or stop for tight! Um, <laughs> at Stickaroundcast on Twitter. Slash Stickaround on some stuff. Uh, I believe <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> slash Stickaround Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com if you want to gmail us. Um, yes, Google are sponsoring us. They're not. Send us your dildos. Shit. Send us dildos. <laughs> Use all actually of the them second used. podcast in a row that's mentioned dildos, so it's becoming a bit of a thing. Um, is that it? I feel like I think, there's more. I think you've more or uh, less got it. I think more or less. There is some stuff missing, but it's obviously mm, not that yeah. crucial. Subscribe. Give us five. Please give us five star reviews. On iTunes, or apparently any of reviews, give us one star. Still helps us, apparently. Quite how. Yeah, like make make it like an ironic one star, like you know, <clears throat> like you know, this is really shit, but actually it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I believe we're going to be back next time with films, if we're going to schedule maybe a books one. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I've got some films to talk about. So I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Right, it's uh. It's- it's Tara from me. It's Alfida saying from Clive. Alfida saying. It's um, Toodaloo from Cable. Toodaloo. <laughs> and it's make off Michael your f- say something hilarious. And it's off your fuck from Michael Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks, for, thanks for listening, guys. Can I say that was better German than uh, Al's earlier? <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. I stick to what I know. Hey, I'll tell you some good German. <laughs> Stick around. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. He's not even German. (laughs) I I love Austrians. Thank you all for listening. Rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe it's 
Stick around. Before we go anywhere, can I just say something? Um, I was watching the new Michelin. This reminded me of the podcast. I was watching the new Michelin <laughs> web comedy the other night. Back. Is it? And, is uh, it good? I want to watch. Um, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch. I'll watch some more episodes, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, but at yeah. one point, a character was describing how he streams his music. Then this other woman said, uh, "Vinyl's making a comeback," and he replied, <laughs> "Yeah, for cunts." <laughs> <laughs> so it just made me think of this podcast. Well, yeah. Can I we just give didn't that... even talk about vinyl, Clive's vinyl beef this time? <laughs> can I just give that guy a big hug, <laughs> even though you know he's doing it in a fictional sphere? <laughs> okay. um, I bought a new record today. Wanker. <laughs> yeah.